Hello mamas and welcome to season 2 episode 5 of Bumped Mum. I'm your host Emma and this week I am so excited to be bringing you an episode with Simone Anderson. Simone and I sat down and chatted the other week and it was such a cool chat. We spoke about her motherhood journey with her two boys Asher who is 20 months old and Ryder who is now 4 months and we cannot forget her fur baby Maddox. Um, We go through how she is finding life with two under two, whether that close age gap was something her and Trent planned, um, the difference in her births with the two boys and the recovery from birth, how she dealt with body changes during pregnancy and postpartum, how she's moving her body now, what sleep looks like in her family, how she juggles motherhood, career and family, and she shares some tips around some habits that have helped her kind of do as much as she can do in a day. Um, We have a really honest chat about how hard it is to kind of do it all and she shares some tips around what works for her family. Um, She also talks about how she deals with criticism and negativity online, about how she is raising her boys, you know, her decisions as a parent and how she kind of, I guess, takes it all in a stride and is just this very positive person on social media which I love. Um, Simone talks about her new venture Embrace Active which is a luxe activewear range um, for sizes 6 to 26 which is very cool. Um, I also just want to say a trigger warning for this episode as Simone does talk about her two miscarriages that she had before becoming pregnant with Ryder. Um, If you you know, if that is something that you're dealing with at the moment or that is particularly triggering for you, I would just suggest that maybe skip this episode. Um, Simone does, yeah, go into a bit of detail around how she kind of got through those miscarriages, I guess you could say, how she's feeling about it now. Um, and she is just wanting to, I guess, speak about her experience in the hope that other people won't feel so alone. It was so great to talk to Simone. I just felt like we became friends within the the phone call. She was so easy to speak to, so down to earth. um, And it's so nice just to hear her having a really enjoyable experience with her two boys. Um, Yeah, I just really love this chat and I hope you will too. If you do, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts. I am always so grateful to hear what you think and follow along on Bumped Mum dot podcast on instagram just to stay up to date with upcoming episodes um and yeah just to connect with you i I love hearing about what you're enjoying and what you want to see next so let's get into it and i really hope you enjoy hey simon thank you so much for joining me today i would love you I'd love for you to introduce yourself to anyone that's listening um tell us a little bit about yourself your family and what you do Okay, I can I will try and summarize it. I'm a talk. Yeah. I'll keep it short. Um, Simone, Simone Anderson, but Simone Forsyth now that I'm married, uh, but Simone Anderson's still my the name I go with online just because it's easy. Uh, I am a mum to I say two or three, it depends how you look at it. People get very <laughs> I leave my fur baby out of it. So I'm a mum to Asher, who is 23 months nearly, a mum to Ryder who is nearly four months and then Maddox, my little fur baby, who is five. Um, a little, oh, and Trent, I cannot forget the husband. <laughs> uh, um, I, Trent and I have been together for eight years now and obviously, yeah, got married and had babies sort of that two and a bit years ago, which has been really, really exciting. And it's just that next whole stage in our our life and journey together. Um, a little bit about me is I I think it's close to 10 years ago now. I was 23 years old and I weighed 169 kgs and I just could not get my weight under control for the life of me. And I knew I had to make a change, but I was not sure how this change was going to happen. But the one thing I did know is in the past when I had gone on any sort of diet or made any sort of change that I'd been the most accountable when I told the most people. So I had this Mm -hmm. crazy sort of brainwave that, hey, what if I share this weight loss journey online this time and share mm. it with my friends and family? And that's what I decided to do. And I just started documenting what I did and how I went about it. And basically at that time, I, I just knew I needed to change my diet and exercise. And then a few months into my journey, I realized that, hey, I could not tackle this alone. So I looked into 
uh, weight loss surgery options. And from there, I decided on gastric sleeve surgery and basically, yeah, just started documenting this to my friends and family. And quite quickly, it blew up to not just friends and family and, you know, friends and friends and then strangers on the internet, which did actually blow my mind. I was like, why why are they watching? Why are they following? Um, And yeah, over the years, it's, it's turned into my full-time career so I've written two books off the back of this I've you know done a podcast series I have started an activewear business which is specializing in plus size activewear check it out embrace if you if you're in the market it's beautiful activewear oh um, amazing yeah a little plug there so that's yeah, yeah just a little, little bit about me um in a nutshell oh you've been a very busy woman the last few years and you know even just in the last 10 years having all of that kind of to go through that experience to then go through motherhood online I can only imagine you know what that could what that can be like and 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 the sort of things that you've had to overcome and face but um, amazing and I think you're just such a you know I'm a I'm a long time follower and I just think like you've such a lovely energy and authenticity online as well which is awesome so I'd love you to share with us a little bit about where you're at in your motherhood journey today is there any you know particular challenges you're currently facing or something that you're really enjoying with your two boys absolutely okay I'll start with the challenges because I feel like that is just a part of motherhood that everyone deals with right there's just Mm -hmm. I just don't think there is enough hours in the day to sort of Mm -hmm. do everything that we want to do and I feel like motherhood is that constant juggle and everyone talks about it but I I don't think you truly understand it until you're in it because it is just you've you've got not only your own mental load but you've got the mental load of two little you know one or two or three or four however many that you've got little humans Mm. that you're trying to keep alive and everything that goes on with that that's supermarket list shops that's you know Mm. healthcare appointments that's your own workload that's your own trying to be a good partner and make good food and all of this it's just it's a constant right and I think Mm. my biggest challenge and still is to this day is is finding a balance amongst that because I am someone that wants to give a hundred percent in every single thing I do I love giving everything my all and feeling like I have really highly achieved in those areas and Something that motherhood has totally taught me is that that's just impossible. There is no way on a day-to-day basis you can show up in every facet of every area of your life 100%. And I have just had to realize that, you know what, sometimes 60% is all I've got to give today. And Mm. even 60%, because that's all I've got to give, that's really 100%. So I think it's been lowering my expectations and realizing that I can't do it all. I physically mm. can't and you know just really trying to find I guess in a peace with that and be like that's okay I'm not gonna smash it every single day you know some days you feel like superwoman and supermum and some days you just feel like you could not have screwed up worse <laughs> ever you tried you know but at the end of the day that you were there for your babies um mm. you know loving and nurturing them they had their nappies changed they were fed they got some sleep, you know, it's actually, you nailed it, you know. So I think that's for me has been just that juggle, trying to trying to find a way and a balance within myself that feels feels like I haven't just completely screwed up the day <laughs> every yeah. day. Um, oh, I can totally relate to that as well because also you can be feeling like you're killing the day, it's going to be the best day ever, but baby could wake up that day and decide no. And then that really is another spanner that, you know, b- pre-motherhood I've never had to deal with like I haven't had to have someone kind of dictate how my day goes but they can do that so it's um yeah I can totally understand on that point before we jump into the things you're enjoying have you got is there anything that's like working for you and your family in terms of trying to get some sort of balance yeah I I mean firstly I feel just this comes from a place of just being incredibly, incredibly blessed with a husband that's very, very hands-on. And I know this isn't the case for everyone. So I, you know, if you're listening and that's that's not the case for you, please don't feel any any less or, you know, like your story is completely different to my story. But I think mm-hmm. that sharing the load is a huge part of what, what has worked for us. So despite the fact that, you know, Trent works full-time, I also work full-time. So it's trying mm-hmm. to trying to really find that balance of, you know, like he'll get up in the morning and some mornings he's on Asher, some mornings I'm on Ryder, some mornings he's on Ryder and I'm on Asher and we mm. just find 
a little bit of a, a balance that works works for us and that's really just sharing every single part of what parenthood is you know the nappy changes the the night wakes whatever it might be it's it's really has been just splitting that and I think that has felt made me feel a lot less alone in mm-hmm. in that journey and feeling like I can actually you know share that load with someone else um the other thing that really it works for us and I I just I can't sort of rave about it enough is having systems in place that work for you and your family uh, so that every morning or every evening aren't that like struggle and that rush and that like chaotic time is like I try and pre-plan for all of those things so like when we come home from a trip that's when I then repack the nappy bag and prepare for the next day and whatever it might be so that the next day when we leave the house when it's all chaotic and you've someone's pooed just as you're leaving the you know out <laughs> and someone's got yogurt all over them and you're doing a third outfit change and it's (laughs) 7am you know like as having those sort of systems in place so that at least the packing of the bag and organizing the drink bottles and whatever it might be is already pre-thought of and it just takes that one I guess thought process out of it and means leaving the house and you know getting done what you need to get done in a day is slightly easier so that's that's how we like to function and that's what works for us Uh. Great tips. It's just, it is kind of that thinking ahead and planning as well, isn't it? Like, and I think, and I mean, I can't speak to it because I've only got one baby at the moment, but probably becomes even more important when you've got more than one um, and you've got multiple schedules, working full time. It's a lot. What about, you know, the where you're at at the moment? What's something you're really enjoying with your boys? I think what I enjoy, well, not what I think, I know what I enjoy the most is seeing the interaction and the bond forming between the two of them. Mm. It's just so special. Firstly, Ryder just lights up at Asher and just loves, you know, having a face near him and, you know, interacting with him, which is really sweet. But for me, watching Asher, like, morph into this, like, carer and big brother mode has just been beautiful. Like, he wants to help feed him. He's helped me with nappy changes from day one, and that's been something that I – introduced basically it was to try and keep Asher feeling like he was involved and that he wasn't left out of this you know all-consuming newborn stage and I was like how can I make him feel really valued and important in this because I'm going to be tied up feeding and changing a baby and trying to rock a baby to sleep for you know quite it feels like a very long time in those first few you know months and and so yeah it was getting him involved in every element of that and it's just it's really made him this really nurturing nurturing older brother and it's just been so beautiful to see like he lights up when I say okay let's go put Ryder to to sleep tonight and he's like okay and he tries to carry Ryder so we carry him in together and and then we give him a gentle pat together and we say good night baby we love you and last night he said na night Ryder for the first time and that my heart just exploded I just think seeing that for me has just been it's just been everything the bond between these two little humans right now which is quite beautiful at this stage I know it's going to turn into hair pulling and you know far like fighting and you know yeah. all the things at some point but for now I'm really enjoying the the beautiful little bond between them oh that just sounds like I gave me goosebumps it's just like I guess what you dream of when you introduce your new baby to their older sibling so has it been to date smooth like was there any jealousy or anything like that when you brought baby home yeah well we didn't really notice anything initially like it was really just Asher was just smashing with this little thing and I I truly put that down to the fact that we still try to give Asher as much attention and involve him as much as possible so that he didn't feel any sort of neglect or you know jealousy towards this baby because he was still getting exactly his same little routine he was getting smothered in love and I think because of that there there just wasn't that we we haven't had any of that sort of jealousy um the one thing that we've obviously being he's a rough toddler he loves throwing and you know (laughs) and all of those sort of things so we have really really have had to model soft touches around Ryder a little bit of getting used to we had a couple of pokes in the eye um (laughs) you know I think they were loving pokes but they were very firm um and just really try and like model that for him and he's now he's very soft with him but it's still just that constant 
reminding that we do have to be gentle with the baby, you know? <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, I can admit. It's, it's kind of like not quite the same, but I'm, I'm trying to think. Like with Louie, with our dogs at the moment, we're trying to demonstrate gentle pats because he just wants to grab and, like, scrunch their fur, um, which it is exactly like that. And, we, <laughs> yeah, we went through that with Maddox quite a bit too. Luckily, Maddox doesn't have a tail that Asher can pull. Oh, yeah. a whole different game, I think. <laughs> yeah. So the age gap with your boys, was that something you'd, you wanted? Did you want that kind of close gap or did life just happen and that's how it, have, that's how it happened? I had always dreamed, um, and actually so had dreamed of having twins. That was our, yeah. we were just, like, we so wanted twins more than anything. Uh, so when we found out and, we, you know, we're in the scan with Asha and they said there's just one healthy heartbeat, Trent goes, oh, and she's like, no, that's a good thing. And we're like, yeah, no, no, that's a great thing. <laughs> we're really excited. Um, and then it was that like, okay, this is, you know, we just so want to have two kids close in age as our like mm. as our ultimate goal. Um, and so we never really stopped trying after Asher. It was just when it happened, it happened. Uh, we went yeah. through a little bit of a rough well, very rough road, actually, with two miscarriages in between Aww. Asher and Maida. And that was... Yeah, we, they would have been incredibly close in age, but, you know, it just wasn't meant to be. And it was, yeah, it was a really, really tough road to, to go on um, and mm. to be a part of. And something that I think I'd heard friends and family and, you know, all, older generations in our family talk about miscarriages. And I'd mm. not really, not brushed it off, but never really understood the depth of the pain that comes with you know, miscarrying a child. And so, yeah, that really gave me a, a whole eye-opening appreciation to anyone that has gone through, you know, that journey. Um, so, yeah, it was a year and a half was as close as we got. Um, and we've got to, they're very close in age now, you know, like in the scheme of things. But, yeah, it was definitely, definitely the goal. Oh, I'm just so sorry to hear about that as well. And to, like, did you say two mis- miscarriages as well? Yeah, quite close together. Well, how did you kind of, I guess, kind of after having been through that, just, you know, what was the pregnancy like once you did fall pregnant? And, you know, how did you deal with kind of those emotions of like, is this is this one going to be okay? Like I just, oh, my heart goes out to you because, yeah, like you say, like I'm kind of like you, like a, you hear about it so much, but it's not been on my radar. I mean, when I fell pregnant, I kind of, in that first trimester was a bit nervous but yeah you just I guess you never think it's going to happen to me and then when it does like how did you kind of manage those emotions and then you know want to keep trying I guess yeah well I was exactly the same as you I think we fell pregnant very in the scheme of things very easily with Asha and Mm. it's something that I absolutely took for granted uh and then when trying for a second child I just I thought it would be exactly the same. You know, I had mm. no fear or worry of any of that sort of happening to me. And I thought, you know, I just didn't think it was a possibility. Mm. So when it did, first time round, it was just like I've, yeah, and I was just not even really, I struggled to function on a, you know, on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. It was just so consuming. And then trying to show up for another child, it was, oh. it, yeah, it was just the toughest thing I think of was the toughest thing I've ever experienced um and then going through that a second time I I think the second time it was bizarre because there wasn't really any what if so the first time I was like is this a miscarriage am I experiencing this like there was a lot of what ifs around it the second time I knew and it was just like it hit really hard really quickly um and then when we found we were pregnant a third time you just you're filled with all of those all of those fears, all of those mm. worries. And when I have women ask me that in the same situation, they've just found out they're pregnant again after miscarrying a child. How do you cope with it? That mm. The only way I could cope with it was actually know that what I was feeling was completely normal and natural. And that fear and that worry and that angst and that anxiety around it was that all natural feelings because you've experienced one of the hardest things you'll ever go through in life. Yeah. And just have to try and you know find the support around you so I would talk to my closest friends I talked to my family around it around how I was feeling and if I got into a really really you know worrying or low spot about it I tried to you know just open up about that I was trying to get 
care and just go for walks and clear my head because that helped so much. Um, but yeah, I did have to just feel those feel those feelings and just know that it actually wasn't within my control. You know that whatever would be would be, and I had to try and find peace in that. Not that it was easy or that I did it perfectly. Mm-hmm. I certainly didn't. Um, but yeah, it's it, there's no, I guess right or wrong way of dealing with it either you know some people can think positively the entire time and you know hope for the best and some people Mm. have that worry and I think both are completely normal and completely natural oh so true and it is one of those hard things and you know in that in that first trimester you and and, in other trimesters as well but you just kind of have to just you can't control you just can't control it and and for a lot of us that like to be in control that's incredibly difficult to get your head around but you just have to trust that your body's going to do what it's going to do and if it doesn't then you just have to know that that you know I don't know it's just such a hard yeah you're right and you know there is no there's no right way but you got your your beautiful boy and he's here and you've got your you know your two boys now do you feel like I, people ask me this, and I, I'd love to know what you think. Do you feel like your family's complete now, or is there a part of you that's like, I would love another baby, or do you just think, you know, it's too soon to say he's only four months? <laughs> we are absolutely a hundred percent done and dusted with two. That is yeah. our complete family, and it it does just feel complete. Uh, I don't wow. really know how or why. That is just it feels right, and that we've. Yeah, we sort of had two as our number for a very, very long time. And after having two babies, I guess you were, there was always that, well, what if, what if, you know, mm. we change our mind. But it, we're at this point of time, unless, you know, obviously you can never say never, things happen. Mm. Um, but, you know, like <laughs> this, this is our little unit and it just, it does feel right. Oh, that's so cool. I think, yeah, people, you know, a lot of people ask, and I think until you have that feeling, it's hard to know, right? But, like, you've obviously got that feeling now, and unless that changes, like, and like you say, you can never say never, but um, good to have that feeling, I think, rather than be like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. Like, yeah. you're <laughs> complete. That's so good. I'd love to step back and, and, you know, you mentioned with your weight loss journey. I would love, I would love to know a little bit about how you dealt with like body changes during your pregnancy. Um, you know that something that you know when you've you've you know had to go through that weight loss journey and then to feel your body changing again. How did that? How did that kind? Of, did, did did that affect you, or did you kind of enjoy your pregnancy? I, I'd love to know how that was for you with both your boys. Yeah, absolutely. I think the one thing that losing, it was nearly 100 kgs, 92 kgs, obviously gaining probably over 150 plus kgs in my lifetime. One thing that that has taught me is to, you know, over the journey of losing the weight was to truly come to terms with who I am and not just who I am as a physical being. Um, And so my value and my importance has not lied within and within my body for a very 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 long time and I I truly think that that has you know I guess rubbed off onto my pregnancy journeys because watching my body change there was absolutely no worry or fear or angst because I, I mean I'm already covered head to toe in stretch marks I'm covered head to toe in loose skin um, I've got scars from surgery I'm you know like my physical being has been through so so much and mm motherhood and that journey it was just another sort of scar on a scar on the tummy really to you know to add to it so I think for me seeing my stomach grow in in a different way this time was a really beautiful a beautiful mm. feeling and I yeah I was just so thankful to be able to conceive and grow and nurture you know two babies that the yeah I didn't really have any hang-ups over my change in my pregnancy body if anything I think I love my body the most I've ever loved it when I was pregnant and it was all full and you know like it was just about the kicks and the movement and it was such a special time for me but I that truly I think comes from a lot of the work I've done over over the years when it's you know been trying to teach myself to to love my loose skin and the things about myself that make me a little bit different and make me unique and um, and so I don't know if I would be able to say the same thing had I not been mm-hmm. through the journey 
so yeah, it was it was definitely a, a really special time for me watching my my body change. Oh, that's so special. And I think like you say, like you have put in some serious work through the last kind of like ten years to to get to that point. And that's not necessarily that you some people you know, like a lot of us like I personally really struggled with the changes during pregnancy and I kind of felt a bit funny and I wasn't really sure about it. And then it's, you know, maybe that's height that had heightened something that was already there, you know. Um I can totally understand that though. If you've never experienced your body changing in like quite a drastic way, because pregnancy is it's drastic. It's not like a subtle, you know, couple of kg change. It's it's your body is completely morphing. And I can imagine that would be really, really triggering for lots of women. Um, And I know I've got a couple of friends of mine that that is a huge fear of theirs coming into that season of life. And, you know, even the journey of falling pregnant is what changes will it make on their body? So I can totally understand that that is something that would, you know, trigger and be quite worrying and, you know, quite a scary journey for lots of women. So it doesn't definitely shouldn't take away from that. Yeah, absolutely. And so what was your recovery from birth like and has has that changed the way you move your body now? I know you're a very active, kind of busy person. Has, you know, what was the recovery from birth like for you and was there anything you prioritised to kind of get yourself back to exercise and what's that journey been for you? I appreciate you four months, got a four-month-old baby, is probably still on that journey. But, um, yeah, what what I'd love to hear about that. Yeah, with Asha, um, I had quite an intense, I loved my birth process with him and my birth experience, but it was incre- it pushed me to my absolute limits. Like I found birthing him, it, it took every single inch of me and it was, you know, I was in active labor for, I was pushing for exactly two and a half hours, the most oh, that you push for. And it was, you know, I was exhausted. I had a blood nose at the end of this. I had a, a small internal tear. And uh, so my recovery from that, I could, couldn't even shower myself after birth. Um, I was so tired. And I think then going into nights on nights on nights on nights of absolutely no sleep, it, you, your body was just, there was no way it was easily recovering. It was just a really mm. slow process. Um, so after Asher, I think I started doing really light if um not if we oh my gosh pilates sessions light just, if we yeah, yeah, yeah. light just no around. <laughs> <laughs> said no one ever um yeah. yeah light pilates classes just at home and just trying to just actually just move my body that's all it was and then go for just small you know walks every day um and then i i found that i think it was about six weeks post that i thought oh no that's where i started the um, Pilates and then it was a few weeks after that I started back at F45 and I definitely found that that was just it was quite a lot for my body there was no way it was ready for it then but I just had this mental I want to get back into it I want to feel fit again and I definitely pushed myself a little you know way too hard way too soon and that mm-hmm. would be a regret I totally have so this time round with Ryder which was and the comparison to Asher and Ryder's birth, it was like he just like slid into this world. It was unreal. <laughs> and when women talk about this, I used to go and they'd say, I breathed my baby into the world. I was like, get effed, you did. There's no way, no, not after experiencing a birth like Asher's, I was like, I had to heave with everything I had, you know? Like yeah. there is just no way I, you can breathe a baby into this world. But I truly breathe, breathed a Ryder into this world and it was just, it was so quick, start to finish. It was a couple of hours and he oh was just, goodness. yeah. No tearing, I know. It's just what the difference between the two. I just can't even can't even compare. Uh, so in terms of recovery with Ryder, it was just it was just worlds apart. I mean, I was I could go on a walk that afternoon. We went through to the domain and went on a, a stroll mm-hmm. after you know, and then You're no, I'm not kidding. And then that oh night I you know, got some sleep. Well, not really that night, but I got a couple of hours sleep and I just, it was a totally different experience. The recovery wow. was way quicker. Um, the bleeding was way less, all of those things, you know. But in the same sense, I knew still how intense the journey had been and what my body had gone through. And I did not want to rush back into exercise this time, knowing that I've got an entire entire life to get back there. Um mm-hmm. 
I waited till three months postpartum, so really recently, and that's when I started back at Pilates. Um, and then I'd just done a few little at-home Pilates sessions like I did the first time, but they were more just like stretching and moving your body. So I just mm. really took it slow, and now I've you know started back at E45 again, which has been really cool, and just fitting it in where I can, <laughs> uh, which isn't always possible, but trying to trying to do it, you know, every week. That's oh, good on you. And isn't the like the beauty of hindsight? Like you obviously learned through your you know your recovery with Asha. It's like okay, this is actually what I need to do differently this time. I'd love to know. So the first birth, obviously, very painful, very intense, very long. Would you say that the second your second birth, just like what would you say it was painful? I definitely put the some of the contractions. You, you, there was a hundred percent pain experienced yeah. and felt, but nothing to the level of my, you know, my first birth. So I, when women would talk about these births and how they were sort of this magical, I just couldn't understand that the first time around because it was so mm. intense. People say that that it didn't experience pain and they didn't experience these sort of things. I just I couldn't wrap my head around that because I was like, I'm a pre- I'm a very mentally strong person. I'm mm. very fit. I like all of these things. And I thought I that was the hardest thing I've ever gone through. You know, <laughs> like that was so tough. Whereas this time around it was yeah, well I mean there was definitely painful points, but nothing in comparison. Nothing. Because I'm kind of like how you were after your first. I'm like, nah, I don't, I don't buy it. <laughs> that is, it is so intense. It is so. But like, you're giving me hope. This is great. So, yeah, interesting. That's <laughs> like, it just shows you, right? Like, your body just has learned. It's been through it. It knows. And I mean, it's not a general rule. Like, I'm sure there's always going to be an exception. But, um. Yeah, amazing. And so good for you as well to kind of be getting back to exercise now and, and you know, feeling feeling good. And, and do you feel ready this time? Like you feel like your body feels ready for it and kind yeah, of. definitely. I feel like it, down to everything, my pelvic floor feels, you know, 100% ready to, you know, start mm-hmm. back. I've got no fear or concerns there. But I did go and see a woman's health physio this time around and get checked off, which was just really reassuring as well. Uh, and I just, I think, for me, the exercise is obviously feeling fit and strong and healthy. That's all great. But it's such a mental thing for me. It really, really helps me feel feel energized and feel mm-hmm. on top of things, just getting that little bit of me time every day. Uh, so that's been my my biggest why of getting back into it and trying to get back into it consistently. But, I, yeah, this time around my body feels ready to be exercising again, which is a really nice feeling. I don't feel like I've started back too soon or jumped the gun. Mm. Oh, that's so good. I'd love to hear about your fourth trimester with each of the boys. You know, what was that time like for you? Highs and lows? I think we all kind of, I don't know, I think, you know, we focus on the pregnancy and birth and then there's this, and it's not just the fourth trimester, but there's this long, you know, postpartum after. But how was that fourth trimester for you with each of the boys? And was it different second time around as well? Yeah, though, firstly, definitely different experiences. Uh, I am someone that, and this isn't the case for everyone, that really, really enjoys that newborn stage. I've said I would have 100 newborns. I would not have 100 toddlers. Um, I <laughs> love that newborn stage. It's just so beautiful and magical for me, and it's something that I, I do truly enjoy. Of course, there's highs and lows in that. Um, but for me, the difference mainly between the two is with – with Asha, we were in lockdown for most of that mm-hmm. newborn stage. So it was just Trent and I. We had absolutely zero external support or help or anything. Um, and there was parts of that that were magic because, well, Trent was at home all day, every day. Um, mm-hmm. And that meant that he got to hold and cuddle um, Asha for just hours on end. So it was just that bond was something that I just can't even, you know, like compare to. It was just all of us would go on hour-long walks in the morning, hour-long walks in the mm-hmm. afternoon. It was just, it was really special. I felt like I had someone always around, which was really, really beautiful. Um, second time around, what I thought that I would get was um, just some like, oh, 
I don't know, like some of those slow newborn days, you know, where you're just mm. sort of in bed and you don't really move and you, you've just got the newborn there. I, you just get none of that with, you, with the toddler running around. The, the days, they don't feel long. They feel short. Like mm. you, you blink and they go, which there's, I think there's beauty in that and joy in that, but there's also quite a bit of sadness in that. Like it, it just, it's been the quickest thing that I've ever experienced second time around. Like oh. first time it felt quick, but second time it was like I blinked and it was just done. And I, I no longer have a newborn. And I, you know, like I feel like it was just, yeah. it was just rushed in a way because you just, life just goes on. You don't, you don't just get to stop and just be in that moment and really like slow down and, you know, cherish every second of it because it's just life is going. You've got, you know, meals to prep, nappies to change, park dates to go on, birthdays to attend. It's just life just goes on. So I feel like it, yeah, it definitely felt like it went a lot quicker. Yeah, it's interesting, hey, because I was like with me and my husband Luke have talked about this, you know, we had some really lovely time with Louie as a newborn you know there'd be the afternoons where he'd just sleep and we'd all just lie on the bed he'd be sleeping in his little baby lounger the dogs would be asleep and we were and we've already said like we're like we won't have that ever again like when and if we have another baby Louie will be a toddler or however old and we won't be just all snoozing in the afternoon you know so it's kind of what you're saying right like it's just you have this that special newborn time with your first but you can't, it's hard to replicate that second time around. You you just don't get to replicate it. And I think yeah. that was something that I definitely had to just realize quite quickly is that it's not going to be the same experience. I'm not, like you're saying, like some of my favorite things when we were with Asha was we'd spend the morning in bed until 10 a.m., all of us, yeah. you know, just like lying in bed, having newborn cuddles. And it was just so special. Um, but what, there's also been a specialness in and having Ryder and Asher and the dynamic between the two and seeing how they interact and that the fact that the days do go quickly is, is not a bad thing. You know, you're like, oh, okay, there's another day done and dusted, you know? So true. And so in that fourth trimester, obviously, you know, new, newborns, they can, some sleep, some don't. How has the sleep been for you or lack thereof? And, and what is sleep looking like in your home at the moment? Yeah, so I think both my boys, um, they both, as soon as they were born, they started cluster feeding on that very first night. And we had, you know, those couple of nights of intense cluster feeding where I got literally no sleep. Um, I think with Asher, I might have managed half an hour at the end of the night, night one. Um, With Ryder, he started, I think it was something like 5 p.m. and it was... 5 a.m. before I finally got him down to sleep. So it was 12 hours and oh, I was exhausted and my nipple was ruined for about a month after that from that one night. (laughs) Um, Not surprised. Yeah. After after that, they both started doing, you know, they do the hour stretch and then they do a couple of hours and it was, you're getting very little sleep for those first few weeks, but I guess that's just what I expected in a way, you know, it's like, I just knew that I'd be up every couple of hours. So you just survive. I don't know how you do, but we do. And we survive off the no sleep and we still get up the next day and do it all again. Um, But both of them have, I think, because they've been quite good feeders, no issue there. It's, they have started getting those longer stretches just naturally, you know, like by week three, there was three hour stretches and there week four, there was sort of the four hour stretches, not every night, but you get a few of them, which meant that at least I could get some sort of rest in there, but it still wasn't, wasn't great rest, you know, but at least it was something. I mean, I was sometimes getting, you know, three to five hours sleep a night, which wasn't the easiest to function on, but again, you did it. Um, And over time now they've definitely, both my boys, um, Asher by nine weeks, he, he was sleeping through the night and I thought, wow, that's just unreal. You know, like I'm never, ever going to get that again. Like I'm going to have a second sleeper that's just terrible and show me what no sleep is like. Uh, but Ryder is, yeah, already sleeping through the night at three and a half months old. So we're just incredibly bloody lucky, but I do think that comes down to the sort of sleep training that we have done with both boys Mm -hmm. 
definitely helped um, and, you know, meant that those long stretches are possible with the sort of cap day sleeps, etc. So that's something that I know not everyone agrees with or, um, you know, believes in. But for me and our family, it's been really, really important because obviously both working and needing mm-hmm. to find some sort of structure and routine, needing to know when the boys are sleeping during the day so that I can, you know, plan my day out and plan when I can work and jump on podcasts and all of those sort of things. Exactly. <laughs> schedule um has been yeah really important for us and it it has meant two really happy babies too because they're getting really good sleep every Mm -hmm. single day and also a really happy mum who's getting really good sleep so yeah definitely something that I am all for I think yeah I'm I'm exactly the same we sleep trained Louie at about four and a half months and you know the more people that I speak to through the podcast, it's, you know, seeming like a lot of people are going that way. And don't get me wrong, some people still don't like it. But I think we're, and I hope we're getting to a point where it's like whether you choose to breastfeed or formula feed or bottle feed, like it's actually no one else's business, you know. It's what's going to be right for you and your family. The same goes for sleep. Like if you want to sleep train, sleep train. If you don't, don't. Like it's really... You've got to do what feels right for you. And I felt exactly the same. Like I wanted the structure in my day. I wanted to know when Louis would be asleep. And, yeah, I agree. He was, you know, he's been a happier baby for it because he is getting that good sleep and um, I'm happier too. So can 100% see. And like you say, like, so did you actually take, I guess, your life as your job, I guess, but so did you take any leave or how did you kind of juggle all of the different aspects of your 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 job and your career while you you had your babies yeah so first time around with Asha I did not know how it would be um so in terms of what I wanted to do I wasn't sure but basically I got in touch with my management team and I said to them hey look I'm just going to pop everything on pause uh, for now and we'll just see how we go. And I think I was five days afterwards, I was like, no, nah, I'm ready to I'm ready to do, do it again and jump back into it. Contracts can start, let's go. Um, so it's just, it's never really, really stopped for me. I've just been across everything the whole time. Obviously, it's been slower and it's been a lot, it's had to be a lot more flexible because like you're saying, some days your babies wake up and you have to hold them from the moment they wake up to the moment they go to bed, which means that there is not much else you can achieve in a day. Uh, mm. So it's just been trying to be a little bit flexible with it um, and just, yeah, know that I can't I can't show up in the way that I was showing up, you know, two or three years ago. But mm. I can also... I can also still, you know, manage to do a little bit of both um, while the babies are in that newborn stage. And I think especially second time around I knew for those first few weeks how sort of blissful it was in terms of how much they did sleep during the day Mm -hmm. so I was like right I am going to as much as I can get done I'm going to utilize this time before he wakes up to the world Uh, (laughs) a little bit of time in between him waking up to the world and then when we you know chose to sleep train where there's just no rhyme or reason to when they sleep or how long they sleep or whether it's a five minute sleep or a two hour sleep. So mm. just, yeah, just knowing that, but just trying to fit in stuff where I could. Um, yeah. So it's sort of how I approached it is, is just to, just to keep going with it, but always make sure the babies come first. Oh, so good. You know, we've talked about, you know, how your, your life has been very much online. You know, it started with your weight loss journey and it's kind of just naturally evolved from there. I'd love to know how you deal or how, you know, how you deal and how you've dealt with going through motherhood in the spotlight when everyone seems to have an opinion on everything and you've got keyboard warriors, trolls that always have something to say. How have you kind of how do you manage that when it's, you know, it's you as a, you know, you're a new mum and you're kind of learning this new aspect of your life as you go. But yeah, I would, what's that been like for you? So yes, mine has been obviously on that more public scale, but I Mm. truly believe that what I've experienced happens across motherhood, across the board of motherhood. Mm. It is one of the most judgmental hoods that I think, could ever be a part of and that blows my mind purely because of most of these women have experienced and gone through it themselves so they know how like the challenges they know how tough it can be and they know that at the heart of it everyone's just trying their best you know every single mother is trying their best 
by their children to do what's right for them and what's right for their family and what's right for their lifestyles. Uh, so for me, I I have had to go, look, they, whoever might be saying this, they are not viewing viewing it through my lens. They're not through, viewing it through my circumstances. They're not viewing it through, you know, like my life choices. Um, and this is, this is how we're choosing to raise our babies. And I know from deep down the bottom of my heart, I am doing the best job I can. I am loving my babies with my entire heart and I'm doing everything in my power on a day-to-day basis to, to make their childhoods as magical and beautiful as I can. And that doesn't mean that someone else views that in exactly the same way. You know, there's going to be fault and criticism from every single angle, but I know without a shadow of a doubt that I am doing the right thing by my children. And that's all I can hold faith in and, you know, resort back to is that every time I hear someone sort of say something, a a negative opinion or a differing opinion, I just have to think, look, that is their view and they're entitled to their view. It doesn't mean I need to listen to it though. And I don't need to take their Mm -hmm. advice on board. Um, I can read that advice and just sort of like push it aside. But I think that everyone in life you hear, you know, I don't know, mother-in-laws talking or whatever it might be, they'll be giving their daughter-in-laws advice of how they raised their babies 30, 40, 50 years ago. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's it's across the board. People love to have a say. Yeah, and it's it's hard, isn't it? And, you know, some people are genuinely trying to be helpful. Some people I, I don't think are, but it's hard <laughs> enough when you're literally learning this new role, which no one is really able to teach you. You kind of figure it out as you go and you've got all this advice or opinions coming at you and I think if we all just had a bit of space to kind of listen to ourselves you know the you know it'd be a probably a much more positive experience and I, I don't say that in that no one should help you know we I think it, there's the right place and time when you know when someone's genuinely seeking some advice or wanting to have a chat but it's when it comes kind of and you haven't asked for it or you're just wanting to vent right it's um it's I always think about that about. when you you think have has the person asked for my help or my advice if they have mm. then your opinion is totally valid and that you know they want to hear differing opinions and advice mm. You name it. But if they haven't, I think it just needs to be something that you keep to yourself because unless that child is in direct danger, I don't think any it's anyone's place to say anything, you know? Mm-hmm. 100% agree. 100% agree. I do that to myself as well sometimes because, yeah. you know, you can get carried away and be like, oh, well, this this really worked for me. This was great. Right, right. And then I'm like, oh, they didn't actually ask what I thought, <laughs> you know? like We've all done that. Yeah. <laughs> Hardest and most enjoyable season of motherhood to date, and why? Have you have you got have you got some seasons in mind? <laughs> uh, hardest, definitely. I know exactly the season. Um, yeah. Very very early on, I would just had Ryder. Uh, Asha was hit with a gastro bug from daycare that then Trent got, so they had eight days oh. of gastro and at that same time I just got mastitis so mm. I am uh. trying to care for a new baby while hot and cold fevers myself while also trying to care for my husband who was absolutely curled over the toilet while also trying to care for my toddler who was going through sheets like they were knickers um it oh, my machine awesome things that week and yeah no sleep not feeling great myself um and then trying to trying to care for your family and trying to get through I think that was one of the toughest toughest parts and that actually gave me a full appreciation of just how much we take our health for granted until we don't have our health and actually mm-hmm. that on a day-to-day the most important thing is is your health you know and if you've got that nothing else really seems as is huge or as big you know we've got all these worries on a day-to-day basis and I always think at least we've got our health you know that is just when yes. that goes you you feel like you're just drowning so yeah that would definitely be be the hardest the hardest season of my life yeah, that sounds and like to not even like to have your partner or husband down as well with yeah. it and not have that support and then people are probably not wanting to come over they're not wanting to catch the bug, so you're really just on your own. Yeah, when it's gastro, it's not like a risk it, you know. It's like stay clear, do not enter this house. You do not want what we've got. Yeah, and did, 
did, did you manage to keep it away from Ryder or did he get sick as well? No, for, I think the, well, I don't know. I could, this should, should just be my own little, like what I think, but because I was on um, antibiotics for mastitis, I, I think that protected me. And then I think because I was breastfeeding, he was protected and mm-hmm. we just suddenly, we didn't get it. So I'm not oh. sure how or why, but I'm very, very grateful for that because that would have taken it to the next level. Oh gosh, yeah. And, and so what about the most enjoyable season of motherhood? I think the most enjoyable season for me has has been since our little family's been complete in in our minds, you know, since Ryder's mm-hmm. been here and just experiencing our unit as a unit. Obviously, we absolutely loved every second of it when it was just Asher and Asher and us, but there's something that just hits differently now that our unit's complete and it's just our family. And I, I just look at our little unit and yeah just every single time I just feel so grateful um for my boys and my husband um it is just I feel like I'm just living my ultimate dream right now because I for as long as I can remember have dreamed of being a mother and had envisioned this little family and it's here now and I'm you know like I'm living these days and it just it feels quite surreal um so yeah just these days right now and it's just it's not big days you know today we went to the park and played on the swings and went to the supermarket and yeah. drew outside and it's it's just the little things and I remember mum actually saying to me I think it's probably five years ago now I would give anything to go back to when you three kids were under five and just spend a day at the park with you and I think oh. that just hit so hard for me and it was like yeah what I'm living right now, which might not feel like the greatest, biggest, grandest plans of my life are in that mm-hmm. day. That I know I want to go back to. And I just, I just feel so, yeah, so grateful for the right now. And I'm really trying to enjoy the right now and not rush it and not try and just like wish it away, you know, even mm-hmm. try and enjoy the really tough parts too. And I think it was a video someone sent me and it was actually from TikTok and it said, in your hardest moments, try and picture yourself, you're, you know, 80 years old, you've got a time machine, and you can go back to just this moment, you would in a heartbeat, and even your toughest, hardest days, you'd still want to revisit and just be in. And I think that gives me perspective of, you know, like I, I think about future me, and I think even looking back, I'd wish to come back to the, the most challenging parts of motherhood. Mm-hmm straight away so just to try my hardest to really relish them and enjoy them oh I'm a blubbering mess right now sorry emotional as well because it is it makes me think you know like those days where they are where it is hard you know whatever you're going through but like we definitely will miss these days when we've got our babies at home and we're having these little adventures with them and like you say it's the simplest things it's nothing big you're not going on an overseas holiday and like whatever going down the road to the park I did the same thing with Louis this morning and I popped him in a swing and yeah yeah no I can completely understand and it's making me feel all emotional as well (laughs) because it's hard when you think about that you're like this is the happiest time of my life and then you're kind of like oh but I don't want it to end I don't want it to stop like I want this to be forever but it's just I think that's really, really beautiful. And it's a nice reminder of um, that we do need to kind of just enjoy the simple things with our little babies as well because they will get bigger and grow up and move away from us, which I can't even do anything about right now. I know. Can we trap them at home forever? Is that? (laughs) I think that's so beautiful. And I'm so glad that you're just having this really special time with your boys. I think it's... um, yeah, like you say, like it's just something that you've dreamed of and you're literally living your dream. So uh, that's just the best. What is something you wish you knew about babies or becoming a mum that you didn't know, which you think would have been helpful to know earlier on or, or something that you'd want someone who's about to have a baby to know? Um, uh, probably what I'd want <laughs> someone to know or what I would is that you will the lack of sleep it does truly it gets easier you get sleep eventually it's not something that when you're in a I know first time around with Asha like those sleepless nights felt like the longest things in the whole world and it felt like it was just never 
ever going to end and you're just so tired and I wish I just knew that actually in the scheme of things how short that period is you know they do start sleeping longer stretches they're not up every hour for the rest of their lives you know like you will sleep again and everyone does say that but it it really is true It, it when you look back it is such a short period of time. Um, I think the other thing that I really would have wanted to know, probably more, it was second time around, is that there is such a feeling like my biggest worry and fear is how I was going to split my time and how I was going to split my time between my two babies, you know, Mm because one has been your sole focus and how do you go to two and how do you love two and how does, I just, how does it all work? And Mm -hmm. I think there's definitely a period initially where that, that baby, they're just on you. You don't, you know, you're splitting your time. It doesn't feel like you're doing a good job because you're just not, you can't, you can't split your time perfectly between the two babies, but that does change and that does come back. And the more, I guess, flexible the babies become and they're not just on your boob 24 seven, the more dad or someone else can help. And then you get more time with, you know, your first child. I think that's something I wish I knew is that it, it will feel like I can split my time again at some point, even if it didn't initially. And yeah, now it's like, it's so lovely because Trent can get Ryder up in the morning and, you know, he can give him a bottle and I can mm-hmm. get Asher up and I can do breakfast with Asher. Whereas previously it was just me on the baby trapped, you know, feeding for 45 minutes and not really mm-hmm. feeling like part of Asher's little morning and what he was up to. And yeah, I think that, you do find that balance and that that split again. Mm, yeah, and it sounds like you've got such a supportive, you know, hands-on dad, like you said. So that's amazing that he's also getting. I mean, it's sad for you because you're like, I wanted, I wanted to be doing that instead of maybe, you know, having to be feeding all the time because it is so intense in those first few months with the feeding. But like, how cool that he's getting to have that special time, you know, one-on-one with his son as well. I think that's. There's something quite special in that. You know, we, we have to fight like, because of breastfeeding or whether you bottle feed or whatever, there is this huge dependency on us at the start. But, yeah, nice that your son and your their dad are getting to build this special bond as well while, while you're focused on your other baby. Yeah, definitely. And now seeing, you know, like th- that bond forming between – Trent and Ryder, you know, that has just mm. been so special too. You're right. It's something that y- you forget initially because it feels like it's just you and them and, you know, like they're so reliant on you that then the dad does come in and he is a huge part of it and he can be, a, mm. you know, a big support there. So that has been really cool. Oh, such good advice. You even like even I'm thinking, right, okay, this is good to know when I have another way. Because <laughs> I have thought that it's hard to imagine. Like, you know, I'm like, how could I and you probably had the same thoughts, like, how could I love someone as much as I love Louie? Like, how will I have space for that? Um, but you're giving me hope that 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 definitely that can happen. It's good. Um I could just keep talking to you. I think you're just such a breath of fresh air and so positive and I there's so many other things I'd love to ask but I'm conscious of time we've both got babies asleep and (laughs) we need to get back to our days but I'd love to wrap up and just know one value that you are raising your boys with um you you know might have a couple I know there's many values we raise our children with but is there one that kind of you've spoken to Trent about that really stands out to you both yeah for us it is definitely kindness Uh, and I think kindness sort of spills into every single element of life and if I can raise two kind and caring boys I feel like I would have done my job a hundred percent right um I just think that empathy and that that softness towards others is something that's so important for Trent and I in both our lives but also in in the lives of you know our children and just it's basically it's not something that we've done by I guess you don't talk to them about kindness it's just purely through showing kindness that's to each other to our pets to our friends to our family and just hoping that through modeling that Mm. that is something that they pick up on and we've definitely noticed it even with Asha um 
and how he treats Ryder. You know, he is so kind and so caring to him. And yeah, it just makes me incredibly proud because that's just something that we hold so highly in our day-to-day lives and something that I would love my children to be known for is, you know, their kindness. Oh, so beautiful. And I think that's ultimately what, what we all want, isn't it, is just to raise kind kind humans it's a it's a mean old world out there but it's, <laughs> it's and you only start to see it as you get older and that's what I also love about babies it's, it's they've just got the most pure happiness because they're so unaware of what is going on around them and they just look at their parents and their family and they're you know we you know not all situations but yeah I think that's something really pure and beautiful about babies um you mentioned it at the start, but what is that? What is your new active wear range so that people can check it out? <laughs> You're amazing. Uh, so it's Embrace Active, and it it started out of my own journey and inability to basically find any active wear on the market that not only fit me as a size 28 female, but that performed as well. So mm. I wanted to create active wear that was not only functional but beautiful and made you feel amazing and supported uh so that was yeah something that i think it's coming up three years now we started embrace and yeah something that i'm incredibly proud of so we do really good you know staple active wear for women of all sizes so if you're in the market and you're a mm. mum like me and you live in active wear check it out <laughs> Oh, no, that sounds like, and such a good idea, definitely something that is very needed. So thank you so, so much for coming on and sharing with us your motherhood journey. It's been so nice to hear and for being so honest and vulnerable about, you know, everything with your, from your miscarriages to things you found hard and also what you're loving with your boys. So just a big thank you. And um, I'll tag the active wear range in the show notes so people can go and check that out. Oh, thank you. And thank you for having me and, you know, asking me to chat today. It's a big honour and you've been so easy to talk to. I could chat to you forever. I feel like we're friends now. I know, same. We'll catch up later. (laughs) See you. Thanks.